Hi, I'm Emma. And I am Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends, us, finally hold each other accountable for all the pop culture recommendations that we keep giving each other. This week, it's Jenny's turn. It is Jenny's turn, and we will be discussing the 2000 film How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I don't know when the last time I heard the year 2000 spoken out loud, because it's always 2000 and. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I remember. Not not remember. I don't know what I'm talking about. When I wrote down the date, I straight up put 2020, and I was like, wait, no. <laughs> that's, that's that's not, also, that's this movie right. is 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. first, before we get into it, I have a spotlight swap, and I yeah. was like, I will think of something Christmassy and nice and non-supernatural related, which would it <laughs> actually take me a good chunk of time to think of. Um... But I settled on my favorite Christmas carol of all time, but like a specific recording of a specific Christmas carol. Okay. And it is the 2014 Broadway Cares cover of the Les Mis cast singing I Saw Three Ships that is mashed up with the opening number um, and like all the ensemble songs of Les Mis. Wow, that's so so many steps to follow. I was like, okay, I, so I, every time every you year, almost ended, I was like, oh no, uh, oh, oh, it keep, oh, it keeps going. I love it though. <laughs> I can visualize it, but I'm like, wow, the elements, this is like some mad lib shit and I'm yes. into it. So Broadway Cares is an organization that every year does fundraisers. Normally when Broadway is open, like if you go to Broadway at all in like October, November, December, um, the cast will come out after curtain call and be like, hi, thank you so much. Do you like our work? Uh, mm. Do you want prizes? And it'll be prizes of like signed playbills or like I remember going prizes. to see Phantom and it was like, do you want a, like, a Phantom mask or do you want a copy of the CD? And every year they raise money for AIDS, for AIDS research um, and organizations. And one of these things is always the Broadway Carries Christmas album, Carols for a Cure. Uh, and it's each cast on Broadway that year doing a Christmas carol. Mm. And... This is the first time I ever heard a song from it, and it is the best. I have actually <laughs> since been able to buy multiple Broadway Carries CD Carols for Cure, and they're always bad. Which, oh, like, no. maybe you would like them. That, that's not a derogatory. It's not. Like, I'm sure other, <laughs> obviously other people enjoy them. They're bad, but you would like them. I also, <laughs> like, yeah, I probably would. <laughs> but, like, they're, it's impeccably performed. Everyone is always so talented. I mm. just think this cover of I Saw Three Ships set the bar so high because it is an an amazing cover of I Saw Three Ships like and it's just the ensemble and then of Les Mis and it's like I love group singing I find a lot of the ones tend to showcase like the star performers which is also Mm -hmm. fine because I love those star performers but this is just like everyone seems like they're having such a good time and then they have the like the aha Ahas of Les Mis ah. and the turning, turning, and then it all like crescendos, and they're like singing in a round of I saw three ships, and then the, the <gasps> Les Mis, Mis music, and then amazing. it ends with them singing um, to love another person is to see the face of God, and then it no! just ends, and it's like, and there's but it like also opens with this like exceptional fiddle reel, and it just it feels like that scene in any of the Christmas carols where. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge goes back in time to Fezziwig's party and he's like I'm young and I'm having a great time at this party like it feels like it's playing at Fezziwig's Christmas party it is a perfect Christmas carol I'm so furious it's not on Spotify so I can't put it on Christmas playlists but I do have a physical copy of it which makes me very happy um and I will send it to you after to put in a clip of and just to listen to it is 
a great Christmas carol. It is like the first Christmas carol I listen to every December. This sounds amazing. got Nikki M. James, who played Eponine in the mm. uh, original cast of the 2014 Les Mis revival, and, like, she gets a really good feature on it, and it's just so good. It's great. I love that it. That sounds amazing. Oh. It is the reason for the season for me. <laughs> well, the reason for my season is <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas, because, holy shit, I... Oh, I had a prompt for this. Ready? You hear that? Prop work. Oh my god! Wait, 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 wait! I just remembered. I also had prop work to do. Hold what? On one second. It's not okay. a sound cue though. It's only for your enjoyment. Okay. While well, she gets it. Also, this is also. Look, how so many angels are getting their wings because <gasps> this I'm is, ringing the bell. Yay! Yay! What is? <gasps> Yay! Emma's wearing reindeer ears. Oh, hell yeah. Well, I got my sparkly antlers. I'm good to so go. Nice. And I will say that I love Boo Boo Stewart, but I do look better than Boo Boo Stewart does as Max in the Grinch Live right now. In <laughs> <laughs> his uh, antlers. No offense, uh, Boo Boo. Uh, I love this movie so much. I, for most of my life, this, without question, was my favorite movie of all time. And I mean, this tracks for how much I loved Christmas as a kid and for most of my young adult life, like I lived for it. Like first year university, my friends surprised me with decorating my door with Christmas. And I, there's a video of me crying from shock and enjoyment of it. (laughs) (laughs) And my parents had to hide the VHS from me as a kid because I would watch it year round. And I remember, like, hiding in, we had this one really small TV that had a VHS player, and I would just watch it constantly, and I would have to, like, pause it, and then I just, this movie to me is the epitome of Christmas, because it always symbolized what Christmas was to me, of bright colors, um, the story of every, like, what Christmas means is being together, and all these elements, the music of it, the set design like everything is so whimsical and that's kind of in my mind what Christmas is I was so excited when I got to go to Universal Studios and there was a piece of the set was there and it was like a very small piece of it but I remember freaking out was there a photo opportunity there wasn't it was while we were um during the the like backstage tour so we were on like a moving car and so they had like a piece set outside but i do have a photo of it i don't know where it is but i remember taking a photo of it on the going it was like a small piece and i was so excited about it and i was upset i was like why is it the entire set here and after doing some research i realized the reason why there isn't is because i i think the number was 11 sound studios had the set in it so it was a very 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 large set it was i the whoville was the largest set ever built at the time at universal studios jesus lord yes goodness i tried not taking the lord's name in vain there and my brain could not redirect in time (laughs) i know 
You tried so hard. <laughs> I know. And then I just said something else that was blasphemous. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yes, this, um, this, before I go and talk about some of the production and the plot and how this movie is just a documentation of how I spoke and speak. Um, Emma, what is your thoughts on the film? Just okay. general ideas. So answer, Have you heard of it before? To answer the question, yes, I had heard of it. Um, I believe I mentioned this last time, but like my family follows a very specific... We have like we have like a, a three-week period where we watch Christmas movies and everything, and the week before and after Christmas is pretty up for debate. Like, Die Hard's usually one of the first ones, because it's one that my dad and I love, and we can watch it while my mom is doing other things. Mm. Um, and then for a long time we would usually do either a charlie brown christmas or the animated grinch special on christmas eve because that's usually like we go to candlelight service every year not candlelight service uh candlelight service (laughs) every year um obviously not this year um we go and then, like, we would have dinner and, like, do all these things. So it was usually, like, we would get home real. And then we would usually, like, drive around town and look at all the Christmas lights growing up. So we'd usually get home pretty late and want to watch a Christmas movie. But, like, you'd want to watch something short. So you do one of the animated specials that is, like, a tight 30 minutes. In years gone by, that has now kind of been supplanted with the Vicar of Dibley Christmas special series finale. Mm. Which I think one of our friends has definitely watched because Richard Armitage is in it and fantastic. Uh, but I don't think then you she have. probably has watched it. I, I know. Not. She's watched literally everything he's ever done. So respect. Um, I think <laughs> this is some of his best work. Uh, anyways, and then typically uh, Christmas Carol and uh, It's a Wonderful Life and the Days That Follow. Anyways, I am being surrounded by I have heard about this. This is actually kind of our first, like, cheater episode because I have also seen this movie before. I mm. saw it on opening weekend when it came out. And remember literally nothing about it. Like, I truly remembered nothing about it. Like, everything, even the things going into it today where I was like, I know this happens, is only because I have friends who are obsessed with Christine Baranski. So, Mm. like, I knew Christine Baranski was in it, and I knew that Taylor Momsen was in it. And that's the extent, like, it is a total, it is a mental blankness. Like, if you've seen my face when trying to do math, that was my face when I tried to remember anything that happened in this movie. <laughs> so I didn't feel like I was cheating when Dis- Jenny was like, I almost called you Disney. That's <laughs> <laughs> like when Disney told I mean, me, when Jenny asked me to. A Mickey phone I know. In, like, in your perfect, you oh no, in your, look, in your look? My direct not... eyeline. Yes, that's the word, yeah. Um, I'm... I, I I love holding court. I love talking to you because I'm like, ha, 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 you have to listen. But I need, I need to improve my storytelling. Anyways, long story short, I had seen this movie before. Remembered literally nothing about it. The That February slash March was also the first year I watched the Oscars. This movie is very important to my Oscar origin story because it was the mm-hmm. first year I was able to watch the whole Oscar ceremony. And I remember seeing that the Grinch was nominated for Best Original Costume Design, and I was still only, like, seven years old, so didn't hadn't seen any of the other movies that were nominated. Like, I feel like this was, like... I hadn't seen any of the other movies that were nominated. Um, and my dad being like, oh, you're gonna root for the Grinch because you've seen it, and I was like, eh, I'm okay if it loses. <laughs> and so I remember, like, watching this movie and being like, Okay, but they could do this in 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be this long. <laughs> yeah, um, I the movie is 
so long. There's an ongoing joke in my family for anything that is like a long movie. Our go-to is always being like, they're not even at the hubilation yet. Okay, that's what I was going to say. This movie could be like 20 minutes shorter because they get to the hubilation and I'm like, oh, we're in the third act and there's another hour left in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Exactly. I I also had it in my brain that I was like, oh, this movie's probably like, probably 90 minutes because I feel like you have to be 90 minutes to be a theatrically Mm. released film. And then so I got there and I was just like, Oh, it's still going. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I had heard of this movie, um, and then I I knew that it was popular to you and amongst other people our age, but I never built up that connection to it when I was yeah. younger. So we talk, I think, a lot about how important it is to like, it's for something to for you to love something your whole life. You have to find it when you're younger. Yes, because it's like especially there, it's like, the things I bring, <laughs> it's like baked into your brain chemistry. Yes, yes. Um, and me with Supernatural, like I, I feel like if I had started watching Supernatural in university, I would still love it and be into it. But because I started watching it when I was in grade seven, it's like it's never leaving. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's free real estate. Um, it's so this, and I think this is one of those things where I, I haven't even watched the animated special in oh years oh i have oh, seen it like yeah we used okay. to watch it but like i haven't seen it and i would say easily 10 mm. years yeah. um but do listen to the soundtrack and i will say actually i guess we can get into it in a minute but my favorite part of this movie was absolutely the soundtrack because i knew where are you christmas yeah but this whole soundtrack rocks oh it has um bare naked ladies it has smash mouth it has like so many amazing artists but like just like the score of it and like but it's like all in the background where it sounds like things you would hear while shopping or things that are classic christmas carols but they're not existing christmas carols they're all original tracks and you're like this sounds like something i know and it isn't it rocks i'm absolutely gonna be listening to the soundtrack of this season yes um i shout out to james horner who did the musical score so good so amazing uh yeah um, you mentioned the Academy Awards. Yeah, they were nominated for three awards. And they won one. They did. Which is very exciting. So they're nominated for art direction, costume design, and then they ended up winning best makeup. Which Which makes sense. I will yeah. say the noses freak me out a lot because I know all of the actors in this movie and I cannot recognize a single one of them and it freaks me out. It's like really it's like Nicole Kidman in the hours times a hundred. Nicole Kidman wears a fake nose in the at the hours, <laughs> um, and it's a moment of just like, is that her? And then that was just this entire movie. I was like, yeah, Richard A. Baker did the prosthetic and makeup and design. He's show. like has won a lot of awards for um, makeup design and prosthetics, and this movie, like, obviously Jim Carrey is in. A full-on suit. I usually don't look up, don't look up things that Jenny is bringing, but I did this time because I wanted, I had a note of like, uh, and so I was like, okay, I want, cause I wanted to know who wrote the scripts and who did, I was like, someone has done punch-ups on this script. And I was like, I figured a lot of it was Jim Carrey improvising, which I think it was, that seemed to be the general consensus, mm-hmm. but I was also like, someone came in and did uncredited rewrites and there were i found a list of four and now the only one i can remember is alec berg who i do enjoy he's one of the co-showrunners on the hbo show barry with bill Hader, and it's very good 
I saw um, like some people who wrote for Seinfeld, but I don't remember their names. That tracks. I have never. I've seen one episode of Seinfeld, um, and it stressed it. me out so much. Um, it's the episode where Jerry it. gets a new jacket, and then Elaine's dad won't let him wear it inside out. See, it's I don't really even know who those people are. Like that's how little I've seen this show. <laughs> I saw that episode because it was when I was in my lame Miss phase, and my dad was like, "Come watch Seinfeld with me. It's the one where Elaine's dad goes to see Les Mis." <laughs> Anywho, I have The Grinch on Blu-ray, DVD, and VHS, and on the Blu-ray, oh, had all special your mediums features. covered there. Oh, I know. For a while, we had like the 3D version, but we don't have a 3D TV, so I don't know why. Oh my god, I have remember it. 3D TVs? Remember I know. 3D? Um, and they were talking about the prosthetics and how long it took to go on. So yeah, he did that for 92 days. Is for when he had to get into oh, prosthetics, god. and. Apparently, the atmosphere on set, especially in the beginning, was not great for um, Jim Carrey because he got really mad a couple of times for having to, like, get on all that prosthetics and all those other things and wasn't the best person to be around, which is ironic for a comedy for children. (laughs) Okay, okay. I promise we can get into, like, talking more about, like, the actual movie in a minute, but I was... My direct comparison to this was I was like... What makes you not care about and like about this movie, but makes you love Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, Emma? Even though they're very different, they're very different in terms of content. But I was like, why do I like that like campy bad movie and not this campy? And I'm using air quotes bad movie. And for me, I was like, I get the sense watching Hansel and Gretel, and from what I've read of interviews about that, and talked about it in our Hansel and Gretel episode, um, is that everyone on that set was having a good time. And, like, I remember seeing quotes from the actors being, like, we absolutely just took this movie for a paycheck, and it ended up being really fun. And I was, like, on the set of The Grinch, I don't think anyone's actually having fun. Mm. And so I I did know that you said, like, at the beginning of the Soho, it seems like they seem to have worked out the the kinks of in and out of prosthetics, but I was, like... There's an energy here that maybe I am just reading into things where I was like, everyone is being outrageous, but like, it felt not like force isn't the right word. Like, I'm trying not to be too harsh on it because it could also just be not for my taste, but Mm. it did not seem like a fun, frivolous, magical time of making this movie. It seemed like a, oh shit, we are adapting a short but iconic children's book into a feature-length film we've been given this huge budget we have one of the biggest stars in the world he's not having a good time oh my god oh my god oh my god how are we gonna get through three months of this well even this the production of them being able to film this was a whole ordeal because when dr seuss was alive he did not give out any licensing for his books to be adapted um but his widow did and So there was this whole auction put out to, she was giving out the rights for the Grinch. And there was a bunch of specific criteria that needed to be met. And a lot of people pitched and she turned them down. And like some of the criteria was they, the Grinch needed to be in comparable stature to actors like Jack Nicholson, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, or Dustin Hoffman. And that's what she listed. 
as people. And also said the director writer had to have made a film. Their previous film had to have at least made a million dollars. I mean, respect to Mrs. Seuss or Mrs. Geisel, I guess, who was like, make that money, get that money. And so um, there was a lot of pitches that were shut down and it was quite a race to see who was going to get it. And Ron Howard actually was like helping her decide but he wasn't going to, like, he wasn't really involved. He was just as a counsel. And he actually ended up looking at the script and looking at the book and saying, like, hey, like, maybe if we make Cindy Lou a main character and make some backstories. And she was actually interested in that. And so they got it. And then they got Jim Carrey, which is one of the names listed. And that's how they began, began making the film. So I can see how it could be quite a pressure to make, like, the first live action adaptation of a Dr. Seuss book. I feel like that was also before, like, live-action picture books, live-action adaptations of picture books were a thing. I guess, like, you had Jumanji. Yes. Uh, but, like, I'm thinking of, like, The Cat in the Hat or Zathora or yeah. Meet the Robinsons. Those are all, like, I feel like Polar Express, if we're going Christmas, I feel like The Grinch really was just, like, the first one in general that was, like, we are taking a picture book and we are trying to make it more, which is really difficult. Yes. Yes, the um, there was like a but the set designer um was talking about how they had to adapt like these colorful, like weird shaped things and like make it a reality and make it good. And there was interviews of everyone was felt like they were under a lot of pressure to make it good. And when you see like the cast and like the crew that they hired, where people are like the top of their games, like award winners or um mm-hmm. like. It was a lot. <laughs> and um, even during, like, the script writing, like you're saying, they had, like, some ghostwriters to try to make it more fun and, like, have some humor that the adults will get that apparently a lot of them got cut. I do have another point of, like, just looking at things through a nostalgia frame lens. I feel like the mm. closest comparison I could find to this movie in terms of target audience and, like, here's a question, too. What is the target audience for this movie? Because the humor Hmm. is always, is like this very sly, sardonic kind of like asides about like canceling plans and being cantankerous, (laughs) which is the things I greatly relate to at this point in my life. Definitely didn't relate to at the age of seven. Um, (laughs) And I, and like also, okay, so Jenny and I kind of have an agreement of like, if there's a movie we think the other person's not going to like, we do, like, we we don't talk about it until now but we yeah. do like want to give warnings of like there's is a, it's a different tone of if you're like oh my god isn't this thing right yes it is i know versus what like it's like it's you want you gotta know <laughs> you gotta know if you gotta be on the defensive so jenny texted yeah. me and was like can i get your overall thoughts and my overall thoughts were i am baffled this isn't a bad thing i just don't understand also i wish jim carrey was an anti-vaxxer also mad props mm-hmm. to for what he's doing in this movie also why is this movie so horny? <laughs> yes, okay, we and will get it. We will get, we will into, get that. into it. It is true. When you, but, um, but I, say, I feel like any movie to compare this to, it is Hocus Pocus, because yeah, that movie which is, is also, also I like, love. weirdly horny sometimes. Not as, I'm not as much <laughs> as the Grinch, but I have. I was on another podcast I listened to, I Hi Bye Lie, where they were, did a Hocus Pocus episode, and they're like, "This movie isn't for kids, and it's not for people in their twenties and thirties. It's for people who." 
watched it as a kid and didn't get any of the jokes and now are obsessed with it as adults because they do get the jokes even if the jokes if they were watching it for the first time wouldn't be that great where it's like you have to have watched it so now when you're watching it again you have that little <laughs> i get it now <laughs> well and I it's think... like i feel like the grinch is that where you're like i remember being dazzled by this movie and now there's a whole other secret movie that was happening and that makes you like really invested in it when you're like oh there was this this other kind of comedy that i didn't recognize before yes there's a key I think that's party true with in this movie jenny show. There's a key party in the Grinch. Jenny. I know. I did not realize that was a thing until like three years ago. That could just be me being oblivious, being like, "Oh, they just don't want them to drink and drive, so they're putting their keys in a bowl." That's what I thought. <laughs> it's not. Um, I, yeah. know, I was like, okay. So speaking of target audience, you're saying like it wasn't for you when you're seven. This movie was made for Jenny when she was seven. Like, and that's perfect. I think, like, it was also made for every single person in my family. This, <laughs> That's so, so true, though. Like, every, like, my mom, my sister, my dad, and me. I was like, I'm missing one, me. Um, this is a movie that, like, there were jokes for adults, so my dad would laugh at them. I, like, was just so obsessed with, we're like, visually some of the jokes. dazzled. Visually dazzled. Um, just, like, not necessarily the context like of the ones that I wouldn't understand but like the the way the Grinch speaks we like came up with a way of speaking in my family that we called goober and we spoke like the Grinch in my house and I to it got to a point that friends would come to my house and we would speak like the Grinch and they would go home and their parents would call my parents and be like what did what did you guys do when you were over, it's like, why Why are you like this? And I used to, in elementary school, t- like, have a couple of friends that, uh, during recess, I would teach them how to speak, like, the Grinch. Like, I was obsessed with this movie. And it also, like, I don't know, because I know me and you had a different, like, childhood interests is the best way to put it. Of, like, what oh. the types of things we were exposed yeah. to and liked. Because I'm 40 years movie... old and went to Catholic school. Like, that's me yes. as an 8-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and... Because this movie did win Best Movie at the Kids' Choice Awards. So kids did like this movie. I Okay, I also had to recently talk to some teens for work. And <laughs> I, I realized that I don't think I... Oh, I'm definitely not currently a teen. But I also am like, was I ever... Talking to them made me think, was I ever a teen? So I was definitely a weird little <laughs> gremlin child in the way that all little gremlin children are. But I think you are correct, Austin, that you were, like, tapped in directly to, like, childhood. <laughs> Yes! Like, this is, like... Uh, but I totally also get your point of, like, when you rewatch it, like, when you're older, you get the jokes again. But for me, because I watched it at least three times a year for since it's come out, I, like, grew with it. So it wasn't like a, oh, I came back and realized, oh, yeah, there was a joke. It was just me realizing as I went, but... One time it was on TV and it shook me to my core because they had the deluxe edition. So there was bonus like scenes and I hated it on so TV? much. Yeah. I think it was on like it's YTV and there was like extra oh scenes. Like there was, there was one scene when like he's trying on the outfits and he tries on one that's like a B outfit. He's like, it's more of a spring look. And I was like, what is this? This is a new thing. Okay. That and, absolutely oh. would have made me laugh though. That would have made me laugh really hard. <laughs> I'm I'm the I'm the deleted cut of the Grinch apparently. Yeah, it's not a yeah. So look. I I legit I, wrote that yeah. joke a couple of months ago. 
<laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I I think this is aimed for kids for sure, but also like like all animated or all like aimed for kids TV. I don't remember where I saw this, but there was some interview or some behind the scenes things I was watching because that's what I like to do of how kids movies or TV shows a lot of them depend like for not like I'm not saying like preschool age. I'm saying like other kid age. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff has to be aimed secretly at adults because people who are seeing animation or are seeing going kids with their movies, families. Yes. So it's either you have the kids, which is like a third of them. Then you have another third, which is goes with that third, which is the parents of the kids. And then you have the other third who are just adults that like, like kids shows and everything. So the more people who actually see the show are adults. So I think that's why there's a lot of, I, I know that's, God, you're so right where I'm like, who is this movie for? And you're like, it's for parents who are taking their children to movies, <laughs> which is actually true. That's but it's also correct. but it's also for kids because when I saw it, I was obsessed and yes, I. Oh, but I also, I've never met another person besides my immediate family, except for like maybe one or two people that like this show. Everyone else is like. The, the the glare of the camera is all like smudgy and like why is it I was, like, okay I actually that is a note of I loved that I loved Thank how you. this movie looked like you were talking about like obviously it, like it did it got recognized by the academy for its art direction for its production design for its hair and makeup where I was yep. like this movie looks spectacular like it, it and I, I liked that it was like smudgy and kind of gritty and it made me miss film as a medium so much like versus mm. filming digitally now where I was like yes oh god there's this brian eno i think it's brian eno quote but like whatever antiquates uh, a medium like whatever marks it as old is eventually what you'll miss and it's like the crackle of records the hiss of tapes the blurriness of vhs and film that's what you're going to try to replicate later on and it's true like i miss i was watching it and i was like i love that this movie looks like vaseline was smeared all over the lens yes because it just yes. made it like it made it Christmassy, and it made it feel very yeah. like softened I think the reason why that type of um, effect reminds me of Christmas is because it kind of reminds me of, like, being a child and you're tired and you're, like, waking up early in the morning and the Christmas lights are on and, like, your vision is still has the sleep so you can't really see You have good vision. I have astigmatism, which makes all lights blurry for me all the time. (laughs) And this movie, I was like, this one's for me. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. But yeah, I, this movie is the epitome of Christmas to me because not only does it have the nostalgia factor, but like I was saying last episode of like a lot of the Christmas movies I watch are very intensely like Christmas. Like this is the Grinch or Santa Claus or the snow's coming down. Christmas. Okay, I'm going to put those away now. (laughs) Um, Yes. So before, I don't want to run the episode too long, so we'll go into a bit of the plot. We can't go into too much detail of everything because, again, this is a very long movie. <laughs> so much happens. Okay, I actually have one more thing that I, 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 I did look up stuff about the writers and the prosthetics, but I didn't look yeah. up a lot about the production process. And so you mentioned, like, Ron Howard was originally, like, kind of advising Audrey Geisel and then ended up being the director. Do you know anything about Ron Howard as a figure in Hollywood at all? I quickly looked him up. I remember looking at the thing and being like, oh, he's done a lot of shit. <laughs> So he's done a lot of shit. So Ron Howard is, was, was a child actor who was in this show called The Andy Griffith Show, which was a sitcom that ran for years when he was, like, really little. Like, I want to say, like, six or seven. And then he was 
in the Music Man movie. And then he was on Happy Days as a teenager. So, like, him transitioning to a director in terms of, like, Hollywood as a landscape was a big moment because it's like there is so much pressure on child actors to be able to make that transition into an adult career and it's like you either flame out or you retire and then a very very small amount go on to have successful careers as an adult Mm. and Ron Howard is interesting because he was I feel like one of the first or like first that I know of um, who was like I'm gonna stay in the business but I'm gonna go into directing and so, uh, like, he did a lot of early genre films. I think he did Willow. Um, he did Splash with Tom Hanks. And then eventually won a Best Directing Oscar for A Beautiful Mind, oh. which I don't think is great. <laughs> um, oh. But I feel like his, I mean, that movie won a bunch of Oscars. But I feel like part of that, that win for him was very much a look at this child of Hollywood and what he has gone on to achieve. I did not know that this was a Ron Howard movie. And so when his name showed up on the credits, I was like, what? Most recently, he also did Solo, the Star Wars spinoff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I do not think he was a good choice for that. Um, mm. But I think something that is interesting for Ron Howard is that like you, a lot of times when I think of directors, I think of their directorial style and are like, are they dedicated to telling a certain kind of story? Or mm. through, like, do they have a very specific point of view? And the only director trademark I could think of for Ron Howard is that he gives his brother cameos in all of his movies. So Clint Howard is one of the who's oh. the one who assists the mayor who shaves his head. That's Ron Howard's brother, yeah. Clint. And he's in everything no! that Ron Howard has ever done. Like, I think literally every movie. And I thought it was interesting that the only connection I could think of between Ron Howard movies wasn't like, oh, he loves, like, really exacting, like... Mm. everything in its place he doesn't love this Mm -hmm. specific filming technique or working with this actor it's like he doesn't have a directorial style he just likes working with his brother and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i think we should have more directors who are kind of like this sounds this is not an insult like who are just journeymen who are like interested in everything that comes their way but i think a lot of times he needs to have a stronger point of view like he just did hillbilly Mm. elegy which came out on netflix and which i have not watched and have no interest in watching after seeing the critical reaction i think a lot of people were just like it's another ron howard movie where you're like okay and so i like that this is a movie where i feel like whatever happened this was here to his directorial style i would love to see this ron howard do other movies because he was like I have been tasked with a huge responsibility by this very particular widow with a huge legacy to protect. I've been given a huge budget. And he, like, he made it happen. Like, I think this movie is too long. I don't always agree with the story points, but, like, if someone asked Mm. me how to stretch the Grinch into 90, not 90, 110 minutes, I would have no (laughs) clue where to start. Like, I I think he, he... I, part of me is like, well, you changed it because in the book, all the Who's know the real spirit of Christmas. And I'm like, but that's not how a feature film works. So I think he did a great job of expanding on this story. And it just makes me wish that I could see kind of, I think, more more movies where Ron Howard was really forced to make some artistic decisions. Mm, yeah, I, I can see how, like, sometimes a director's style can be either a good thing for them or a detriment, depending on how someone feels about their style. And so exactly. sometimes people are like, oh, it's this person. They're like, oh, I don't want to see. I don't like that style. But then there's other. You're like, oh, I really like it. So it's I good know. to be like, adaptable. I, 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 it could be worse. It could be Quentin Tarantino and there could be foot shots. Like, 
like there could there, there are bad director trademarks too i just wish ron howard had more of a director trademark i wish he was like a i wish he was a faster paced director i feel like i watch a lot of his movies and i think they're i think he's mm. very leisurely which again isn't a bad thing i just i feel like he's telling these very fast-paced stories but not at a fast pace yeah. I also loved Solo, so like, who am I kidding? I'm one of four people on this earth who stand Solo, the movie. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I still haven't seen it. Alden Ehrenreich is perfect casting, and we need to give him another shot in Hollywood. Please start casting Alden Ehrenreich and things. He should already have an Oscar for Hail Caesar. Um, but, okay, let's get into the plot of The Grinch. Yes. Have you so... read the plot of The Grinch, dear listener? Of course you have. It's The Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the biggest difference between the regular story of the Grinch in this is that the main character is is the Grinch, but it's also Cindy Lou Who, which mm-hmm. is not similar to a lot of other adaptations of this book or the book in general. Um, I just, even from the beginning of the movie, when it like zooms into a snowflake, I'm like, I'm in, I get it. The it, l- instrumental music, it's beautiful. The Who's are so cheerful. Me so, this fascinated me so much because I was like, snowflakes don't stick around for that long. They melt. But then they're also like, it's the 1000th Hubilation. So I was like, this doesn't need to be answered. This is me to be nitpicky, but I am fascinated by how time passes. I do want to know everything about how time passes in Whoville. <laughs> right? I am so intrigued. It and is like, both a thousand years old and the life of a snowflake. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, snowflakes, like, they, like, they're, they're way up there when they start. So depending on the wind, they could be going on for a while, but not a thousand years. So who knows? What if, what if every single turn a snowflake makes is a year? Fascinating. Oh, man. <laughs> the mythology of Whoville. And so you get the Who's, and it's all exciting and everything, and um, they have... The, like throughout the entire story there's a narrator who is saying like some of the classic lines from the original book but also adapting it um to fit it a little bit different it is narrated by anthony hopkins which is really cool he's got a and wild instagram highly recommend checking out his insta really oh i should look it up he does a lot of painting uh, a lot of videos with his cats mm, yeah it's, it's interesting that tracks <laughs> um and so we Classic, the Grinch, he hates Christmas, but he needs to go down to, like, terrorize everyone because, you know, you, you, you gotta terrorize shit. <laughs> okay, I, I'm laughing really hard at myself right now because I was like, this movie's okay, and every time we talk, I'm like, and this was another scene I loved. Okay, this was a great choice of Ron Howard to open this movie like a horror film. Yeah. This movie yeah. starts out like a slasher, and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> um, where it opens with these four teens these wayward hoobian teens daring each other to go up to the grinch's lair and i was like this is the opening of a haunted film yeah and it was great it was it was funny (laughs) i know it was good i was like this is setting the tone so well for the grinch and it's like it's weird it's weird and just like you're like oh that's not what i expected no and it's um it introduced so quickly not only the grinch character but how the Who's view the Grinch as well. And the Who's are very mean. <laughs> they're so mean. And they need to like get better education. Um, and better teachers. One thing is that the mask that the Grinch wears when he goes down to the town is terrifying. Because it's like a ma- it's like a rabbit it's mask. It's out of Happy Death Day. It's so is scary. It? No, I, no, that's just like, it reminded me of the one. Happy Death Day came out like 18 uh, years later. It just reminds me of the Happy Death Day mask uh, where I was like, this is terrifying. Yeah. And the way he like, keeps see... snapping it onto his face, I'm like, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. 
you have the Grinch who hates Christmas and you have Cindy Lou who's like trying to figure out what Christmas is about because everyone's like trying to buy stuff and there's this joke when it's um like one minute left till Christmas he's like for the next five minutes 99% off and there's an ongoing joke in my family where we're like by the time you like get to the store and like go to the washroom it's over like what's the point like why are you running around like there's no point for this and so they're trying to figure out what it is and like what Christmas is about and she doesn't really understand who the Grinch is and um she asked her probably like who is he it's like he he's not really a who he's more of a he's he's a what it's like exactly he's a that what is, who I wrote Christmas. down that as my favorite line he's, he's not a who he's a he's a he's a what a what exactly yes yeah, like yeah just his style yeah it's like perfect um cindy meets the grinch as he's like messing up the mail which is always great and then um the the the, the way they edit this when he like wraps her up in paper and then you see, the next shot is a box that's the same wrapping paper like going down the machine it gets me every time i'm like oh my god she's in the box she's gonna die okay i know but she's I was like not. she's in the box and then she's not in the box see ron howard where is this for your other films where is this energy you did willow <laughs> which was great and classic and i love memory again and then what happened and then the grinch and then what happened where are um, you then- ron howard <laughs> Then we come up to the first out of what I've counted 13 lines that I quote often from this movie um, is the the father finds Cindy all wrapped up and he goes, what the hey? Because I say that a lot. Um, and goes up and he's like, oh, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Like, oh, you're practicing your Christmas wrapping. And then she's like, hmm, interesting. What is this You've all about? You've broken my entire brain. What the hey was a reference this whole time. <laughs> I know. I, I like, as I was writing things down, I was like, oh my God, this is where this is from. This is where this is from. Holy shit. That's why I told you that I'm not, I don't have my own thoughts. It, I'm just quoting the Grinch. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, honey, the Grinch is quoting you. Thanks, darling. Um, so yes. Then we Around have this time, I also have yeah. a note that says the Grinch is Antifa. And I don't know what the Grinch did that made me think he was anti-fascist. Oh, I do. It's when he makes fun of the cop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I was like, comrade. We also get to meet Martha May Houvier, who is an icon and is just the best. <laughs> She's so horny in this film. And it's oh, a lot for me to take So in. much so. This, I love what, it. This, what is this actress's name? Christine Baranski. This is what I know her from. Every time I see her anywhere else, I think of her as Martha Mayhuvier. So, like, yeah. It's this, and then the next thing I would think of her is her and Mamma Mia, but it's always this one first. Interesting. I think I am a Tanya first, and then The Good Wife. She's great in mm. The Good Wife. I will, my mom used to watch The Good Wife, and I would always be so, like, I couldn't take her seriously because she was Martha Mayhuvier. So I didn't understand the whole thing, but yes. One day, um, I, I've talked about this before, when I need to sit down with your mom on a glass of wine so I can just unload all of the weird set gossip I know about the good wife upon your mother, who blissfully is in complete ignorance of all of it, and Juliana Margulies as many wigs. <laughs> but I'm like, Jenny's mom, we have got to dish about the good wife. <laughs> um, and we get the classic song, Where Are You Christmas, which hits you in the soul no matter what age you are. It's written such a by good Mariah song. Carey and sung by Faith Hill. And I was like, hmm, oh, Jesus. I didn't know it was written by Mariah Carey. I hope I didn't make that up. I'm pre- I'm 99.8% sure it's written by Mariah Carey. Oh, that 0.8. That's, um, yes, it is. Okay. Good. It was written by 
Um, yeah, Mariah Carey was one of the writers, and Faith Hill sang it. Yes, correct. Um, such a good song. It's so, like, heartbreaking, because that little... I am Cindy Lou Who as a child. Like, little blonde hair, loves Christmas, but, like, doesn't know what to ask for. The little nose, the little broken nose. Then we have a classic scene of someone who, like, you see the Grinch in his, like, home. And it's such the best description or depiction of what it's like to live alone. Of just, like, just running around the house, talking to yourself, throwing off your societal expectations. Yeah. You have a fax um, machine. Oh my god. It's such classic. He's like, why don't I have any outgoing? Like, why don't I have any voicemails? Checks the outgoing. It's like, I'm going to hunt you down, get you like a fish. He's like, ah. It's like, is it? This such represents when you're like, why doesn't anyone love you? You're like, oh, this is what I give off. Hmm. This is my <laughs> This <vibe>. strikes. <laughs> and then when he says the most iconic, am I just eating because I'm bored? And the answer is yes. And I, I wrote that line that. down too. <laughs> Yay. Uh, I know. So good. This movie has, I think, and enjoying a current renaissance in terms of people realizing that, like, even if you're not someone who loves the whole film, this movie has great lines because mm-hmm. I have seen so many lines yeah. popular on TikTok. I'm hip. I know what the youth like. I watch TikTok. <laughs> um, but I feel like this movie, this movie is a movie where it's like this movie ex- exists well in internet culture because you can just like share clips or sounds or gifs of your favorite scenes and then people are like oh dang i should rewatch this movie and then there's a lot of other good things you still just have like those quick hits of like the best parts of it and even like to go back to how this movie is important to all my whole family the scene where the grinch is taking off his shoes and the way no his socks and he's going like that's my dad 100 percent. still to this day that's how he says it that's how, like, he's doing the dishes. He, he speaks like that. We, it's, the Grinch is my family's life. <laughs> that makes um, me so happy. See, I, I, one other thing I said where I was like, I'm never going to watch this movie alone ever again. This is also a recurring theme of, like, I'm not going to watch it alone. This makes me appreciate why I do enjoy seeing movies alone, but how really movies for me are a community thing of, like, if I were watching this with you in a living room and you quoting the entire movie, I would be double over with laughter because the movie is funny, but watching you be gleefully recreating it would be even funnier. Both of us are very entertaining to watch when we watch things. Because we're very expressive. Especially I start just together. gnashing my teeth and yelling, and Jenny gets full body into it. <laughs> um, now, the next... Thing. we're moving along we get the lesbian moms <laughs> okay that's also i was like 
the Grinch is raised by lesbians. This is so nice. Yeah. And I was like, it is nice, though, because I was like, all of the Whos are quite mean in this film to the Grinch. And admittedly, like, not yeah. all of them knew the Grinch. So they are just dealing with, like, what is essentially an urban legend for them. But when you get the flashbacks with the baby Grinch, I was so sad about how mean they were to the baby Grinch. Not even a baby. I He's know. eight years old. But I was very moved by his lesbian moms. By his moms. I know. And moms. this also were like, brings we, up we knew a- he wasn't a Who, but we loved him so much. Oh. Like, yeah. Yeah, you so did. the fact of you saying because he wasn't a who this brings up my ongoing question of the lore of the Grinch because they show like the babies come down in like the Pumbercellas or whatever and there's a classic line like this baby just looked like your boss you're like holy shit but this means that that Grinch was supposed to go to was actually supposed to go to another Grinch mom like where so did is- the Grinch mom get her like how does childbearing work like do you do you are you expecting or like do you just like get one by surprise sometimes because like is a grinch mom expecting did a grinch mom get a who baby yeah like that no matter what how it works in that way it just means that there is a parent grinch somewhere because it wasn't like it knocked into some it just went off course and went to whoville so where was it going on the other maybe on the opposite side of the snowflake there's like a whole grinch community instead like i don't know the dark side of the snowflake in star trek deep space oh. nine <laughs> there is a character named okay. who's played by renee aubergenois best known for also playing the chef in the little mermaid uh, oh yeah and odo is a shapeshifter who okay. once a day must revert to his natural state which is a puddle of goo he has a little bucket that he sleeps in Aww. and the first several seasons couple seasons of the show are odo being like am i the only one like me in the universe and then eventually they find out that he is part of a race called the founders and there are many other shapeshifters mm. um but they're evil and it's a bummer um and so then odo has this whole thing where he has to reconcile does he go with the family that he has found and created on deep space nine or does he side with his like family in the great pool of goo i can't remember what it's actually called but they have a big pool that they all chill in um anyways that's the grinch i i (laughs) where's the grinch sequel that's like the grinch ers the grinch ears the grinchiest the second grinches yeah like, all I need... I, like, just, it, I hadn't thought about this, and you're opening my brain. <laughs> you're welcome. I think about it every single time I watch this movie, and I'm like, they never explain it further, and I, I didn't think about it at all. Why? I was just like, <laughs> he just looks like that. <laughs> also, just, like, the aesthetic of the Who's, like, we talked about the prosthetics and everything, but just, like, they all have these, like, wonderful, long-ass eyelashes, and it's just like, whoa, that's so majestic. Yes. Yes. I know, because Cindy Lou has to grow into her nose, but she does have those Whovian eyelashes, and I was like, yes. hmm, extensions, I want them. Um, also, we get another reason why you're saying this whole movie is just horny, because when they're talking about when the Grinch freaked out, and then there you have Martha May just being like, the muscles, or being like, I didn't have a cr- crush on the Grinch. I haven't even talked about the scene where she's got the big gun that yes. shoots out all the lights on her. That is very sexual. Yeah. Yes, um, very much so. Not in a bad way. Just to know it's like... And also, uh, this all okay. got passed to approval. Like, there was so many other things that apparently got cut before they went to screen. And even more got cut after, during, like, editing. So I'm like, oh, God. Oh, MPAA. <laughs> um, yeah, so Cindy finds out more about the Grinch. And 
then there is the hubilation, which is hubilation. You have to nominate to get to be a cheermeister who it's the one who deserves um, the award of the year. And I love the moment when Cindy is defending why she's nominating the Grinch. And it just goes back and forth. And I just love scenes of, like, kids being, like, defying lot, like, going against the of logic. kids knowing exactly what they're talking yes. about. Yes. And then you could see the mayor Cindy being, like... Cindy Lou Who said, don't trust the government. Yeah. <laughs> and the mayor's like, it says... She's like, what page does it say that? And he's like, oh, I lost my page. He's like... You're making yeah. it I'm up. Like, get it, girl. Get him. Get it. Get him. <laughs> um, got, got him. him. Uh, sorry, I've been talking a lot. Do you want to talk a bit more about what I was saying? No, that's okay. I was just like, oh, this is how it must feel to be Jenny most of the time. Um, okay, what are my notes? Okay, so, uh, oh, another thing I thought is that I was re-watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Mm. like the Gene Wilder version, and I feel like this movie set the tone for what the Johnny Depp charlie the chocolate factory was Mm. i feel like jim carrey as the grinch is what johnny depp was was trying to do whimsically creepy i don't think he did it as successfully as jim carrey did but like i was like even with the scenes of like young them of young willy Mm. wonka versus young grinch i was like i feel like this went through the same development Yeah, 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 yeah um i loved Cindy Lou Who going around and interviewing everyone about the Grinch, yeah. and I, I I love girl reporter Cindy Lou Who, and she had an excellent, very fashionable bag. Where again, I was like, great work from the costume department. She had the bag with the tape recorder built in, and I was like, this is yeah. amazing. Yes. Um, and I love how lusty Martha May Huvier is for the Grinch. I was like, embrace, chase your bliss, girl. Yes. Um, yes. And I also loved when she's like. And I never had a crush on the Grinch. And Cindy Lee was like, I didn't ask you that. <laughs> I know. It's so great. Uh, like, I couldn't figure out if she's, if if Martha May is dating the mayor or not, but I don't think she ever has or is. I don't think she is. I think he just sees her as, like, even when they were eight, they weren't a thing. He just sees her as a prize. Yes. As property. I don't even know what his name is. He um, sucks. Mayor Mayhew. <laughs> Is Cindy Lou Who's dad named Lou yeah. Lou Who? <laughs> or is no, it just Lou his, Who? His, I think his name is Lou Lou Who. Good for him. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have um, Cindy invites the Grinch to go, and he's trying to figure out what to wear, which is such like a classic like moment that anyone can relate to when you're trying to figure out if you should go to a place and you keep coming up with excuses of like no I can't go no I shouldn't what if it's a cash bar how dare they oh mate wait wait no I'll go I'll go really quickly and it'll be fine but what what will I wear should I wear this no should I wear this no and I'm like I I get that so hard I I totally understand that feeling (laughs) even if I wanted to go my schedule wouldn't allow it four o'clock wallow in self-pity four thirty stare into the abyss Five o'clock, solve world hunger. Tell no one. Five thirty, jazzercise. Six thirty, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. Seven o'clock, wrestle with myself loathing. I'm booked. I felt great sympathy towards the Grinch when he's just sitting alone in bed singing Christmas carols. Okay, story time with Emma. Um, 
last year I went to the Christmas market with a friend in Toronto and it was really really nice and it was making me very reminiscent which means that meant I was in the mood to tell another one of my famous not famous only to me famous church related mm. stories of how my family used to also go to a not necessarily church but it was in a church if only because that was the biggest place to hold everybody carol ah. sing every year where you would go and you would just sing it was the community carol sing and everyone would just go and sing Christmas carols together for an mm. hour and it rocked and I, I don't even know if it still happens I haven't gone to it in ages and we were walking through the market and I was like I would kill to go to a carol sing right now I was also I think two cocktails in not ah. just one I was I was feeling festive I'd just eaten some poutine we'd been on a ferris wheel we'd done some Christmas shopping we'd done some like prize games and I was like I would kill to go to a carol sing right now and no joke they had they set up a stage and we're like we're about to begin the carol sing and I just yelled <laughs> and was like we have to wait here until it starts and it was a children's choir and they were like everybody can sing along i was singing loudly i was just i was yes. like it wasn't even the spirit of the it was it wasn't even spirits it was just the spirit of the season where i was so overwhelmed with the love of christmas that i sang very loudly for like 30 minutes and had a really really good time and so when the grinch was just sitting alone in bed singing christmas carols i was like god that's me this year oh <laughs> uh, yeah he's trying to like he's like Blast this Christmas music, it's joyful and triumphant. <laughs> no matter how cold your heart is. And he's just like, Dad. You have to love Christmas music. It always gets you, I know. Like, oh my gosh. The carol singers last year were doing Rudolph and they had the call and oh. response going. Amazing oh, time. So good. Um, yeah, so the Hubilation is always a riot. Some of the things in the Hubilation that always makes me laugh is the pudding competition and the guy who gives him pudding and he's like this is not pudding and he goes what is it <laughs> it's so funny i was like i was like give him a spit bucket give him a palate cleanser how is this any way to judge a competition and he said it's not pudding i was like whoa and then literally at the same time the grinch and me are like well, what is it <laughs> again a quote me and my sister quote all the time anytime we eat something we're like this is not pudding and we go okay <laughs> we just eat it <laughs> Oh my god, it's just so great. Um, and when he's like doing the sack jumping race, and he's like, he's, he like points at the kid, he's like, I beat you. <laughs> I was like, oh man, when competition side takes over, I get that. <laughs> One time we went to a uh, Christmas carousel <laughs> that was just a regular Christmas carousel at Christmas time, and it was not super busy, and so there was space on it, but someone in our group really wanted to ride the Rudolph, and there was only one Rudolph, so we waited until the next round so that they could get the Rudolph. And then we were first in line, and a child behind us was like, oh man, and that was second in line, was like, I hope I get to go on the Rudolph, and I was like, I'm 20 years old. I'm about to be an asshole <laughs> and did make sure that the person in our party got to go on the Rudolph. And honestly, if the child wanted, the child also could have waited as we had. Oh. And the child still had a really good yes. time. Like it was, there was no tears about not getting the Rudolph, but the person who deserved the Rudolph got the Rudolph. There was no tears, but there was definitely strategy involved of making sure we got that Rudolph. <laughs> so. There was definitely a race. <laughs> there was a race. A there was blockage thing. involved. There was, like, strategy of how slow There to may walk. have been some uh, intentional... No regrets. <laughs> ...taking up a lot of space and the child could not pass us. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. That's, that's a Christmas memory for us. <laughs> um, yes. Um, so then they are assholes. And uh, give him a, during the gift exchange, they gave him a, uh, 
an electric shaver, which is one of the reasons why he got left in the first place because he was hairy as a child and he shaved it and everyone made fun of him. And this is when I'm like, guys are assholes and are the worst. And this is a lesson in empathy. The Grinch was having a good time and now you're going to make him all mad and look what happens. <laughs> like, come on. I know. Because then they're like, we knew the, the, the Grinch flips out. Also, also, Mayor Mayhew. Yeah. Proposes to Martha May. Yeah. And puts her on the spot with a 20-second egg timer and is like, and you'll get a car. And I was like, this is not romantic. You are not someone to root for, sir. I wish no. you nothing but misery. Well, I also, but the, it's kind of funny when he's like, a car brought to you by the taxpayers of Whoville. So he just took like. And I was <laughs> like, is Whoville not upset about this? <laughs> um, yeah. Simpsons. And she's just like, oh, Augustus. Yeah, his name is Mayor Augustus Mayhew. Um, and it's, oh, it's so doing. And then he goes off on a whole spiel. He gets mad. He terrorizes the town. Has great lines. Like, when he's going to sit down on a thing, he's like, you gotta scooch over. And then they run away. He's like, you did the right thing. It's like, yeah. Um, and destroys the town. And goes back. And he decides that I'm going to destroy Christmas. Christmas needs to be destroyed. And I'm going to take everything away from them. It'll be great. Also, we haven't mentioned Max at all this entire time. Max the dog. Max is a very um, cute The dog. Uh, story behind the 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 pup star name was Kelly, and this dog is Kelly. Yeah, and it was a dog. They actually it, this dog was rescued from the shelter three months before the production of the show. Very cute. Kelly. Kelly. Yes. Has she started any other films? Not that I'm aware of. Good for her. One and done. Go out in a hit. Leave him wanting more. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then we have, he goes and destroys Christmas, makes the whole thing, all that stuff. We don't need to get too much into that because that happens in like every Grinch movie. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Christmas. Yeah, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Does all the things. Still, again, great humor. I think this movie is the most hilarious thing ever. Just like t- testing out the airbags, crashes, airbags a little slow, or he's like falling down and he's like, I almost lost my cool there, when he definitely did lose his cool there. Another thing I quote. Cinematic parallels of Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and classic, does all those things, destroys Christmas, goes back, and uh, he's like, now they're going to all cry. And then um, they don't. They hold hands. They start singing. A great line is when he gets robbed. He, no. Maybe- this is not this scene, but there's another scene with the police officer when he starts, he goes onto his, like, little car, and he's calling, calling all unit, calling all unit, because he's the only unit, and I just think that's really funny, because he's, there's only one police car. Anywho. Anywho. That is funny. I was like, he should have called it a hoonit. <laughs> Which isn't very funny. <laughs> um, and then... Unit. The Grinch starts realizing that, you know, maybe... Christmas doesn't come from the store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, is a little bit more. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Man. And it's nice. It's, it's a nice time. It's nice. And then uh, and then he just, his heart starts pumping, and he's like, what's happening to me? And he's like, I feel so toasty inside, and I'm leaking. I'm like, dude, same. Every time I cry, I'm like, God damn it, what's happening? I know. I'm like, Grinch, now that the floodgates have been opened, prepare to feel like this a lot. Yes. Um, and then, but the sled is going to fall. And he's like, I've got to go and save it. It goes up there. Cindy Lou 
is on the top of the sled. Why is she there? Don't know. Why did she climb up there and Don't think he would be at the know. top of the sled? Don't care. Queen behavior. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so he's like, I'm going to save her. And then he, like, picks her up, does the whole thing. They go down sledding. He says, the sun is out, the power's bitchin'. The Grinch swears, and you're like, cool. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, the Grinch said bitchin', and I was like, did the Grinch just say bitchin'? And then I didn't rewind it, because I was like, I don't want to be proven wrong. <gasps> yeah, but he did say yeah. bitchin'. That movie's peachy. How'd they get a bitchin'? Bitchin'? I I've, said, I've said bitch too many times. I don't know, but it's just, they just did, and it's so bizarre, but I'm like, yeah, of course that would happen. Um, And then he's forgiven, he says, I'm sorry, and they're like, okay, and then they get the girl, and... It's just great. I also forgot to mention when um, Lou stands up for Cindy and is like, because like the mayor is like yelling at her, being like, "You listen to an idiotic girl," and she he's like, "Excuse me, <laughs> no, like she's right by the way, and it's my child, and no." Lou's a good dad. <sighs> I say, I'm sorry that literally we talk for an hour. That always becomes, "I miss you so much." Here's what we're gonna do. Yes. We're gonna see you again, but like one day we're gonna have. If even it's on the 25th, we got our own things going on. But we're gonna have a Christmas yes. day together, and we're gonna watch this movie, and it's gonna be really nice. And I feel like I, we will watch this, and it will be yes. so fun, and we will drink spiked eggnog, and we will eat cookies, and we will eat Christmas oranges, and it will be a really nice time. And then I like because this movie ended with them all swaying and singing the Fahu Dore, yeah. and I was like. This is nice. It's, it's, I I have to actually give credit, like, to the animated special for creating all the music that, like, they're still using in this version, in the 2018 version, presumably in the Eldritch Horror 2020 version. Mm. Um, Because I was like, it gets to the end, and I'm like, this I do have a nostalgic attachment for. This slaps. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Man, the Grinch gets to cut the who, who beast, who roast, roast beast, and he's like, "Who wants the gift?" There we go. I do. Too late. It's mine. Oh my god, that's just so good. Uh, a Christmas mood, if there ever was one. Yes. So it's nice. Like I, I appreciate this movie. Like it creates a whole narrative, which is hard to do. The Polar Express didn't succeed. The Lorax didn't, and the Lorax has more of a plot. Continue, Jenny. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. I, I, I know it is full with flaws and way more aimed for older and there's some jokes that are problematic. You're like, what's going on? But overall, this movie just brings me so much warmth and joy from the combination of like the whimsical costumes to the set to the, the effect on the screen to the music to the jokes. It's just... It feels like home. I just love this movie so much. And again, it has so much attachment to just my and family. That's what movies are all about. Yeah. It's just... It really does. Like, having met everyone in your family, some I know better than others, it really does honestly track very deeply for what I know about your family. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, also, just like, I, I, this movie doesn't hit for me in that way. Like, it's yeah. just not for Emma's. But it was one of those ones where I'm like, there are also sometimes where you're like, I'm going to watch this movie that I've heard is really bad because I think it'll be yeah. a fun time. And then you get halfway through and you're like, oh, this isn't fun. Mm. It's just bad. Ah. This is not one of those. Because I, I was like, at the, I watched the whole thing because I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and any movie that makes me just absolutely perplexed is still a win in my books where I'm like, Yay. why? 
how who <laughs> good the times who? that is who exactly exactly yes i know that you will not watch this movie by yourself again but if we're ever together again and it's the holiday season you should watch it with me i will happily watch it with you (laughs) i lived with you for four years and did resist every time you put on all those four years and i never watched it with you i would leave the room i get so weirdly (laughs) particular about some things where i like i think there are lots of things i don't like but there are not as many as i think there are so when there's something I thought was just okay, I tend to be like, that was, I, I tend to go really hard. And then I look back on it and I'm like, that was probably unnecessary. Um, <laughs> that yeah, is okay. it's like, for their questions we ask each other, I'm not going to watch it again on my own. I'm not going to sit down with my family one year and be like, hey guys, you know what we should revisit <laughs> as a family unit? Um, as okay, so what you have said of like what you know of my family, what I've known of your family, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> they would not enjoy. This I know, film. like it would not fly. I know. I I think I mentioned this last time too. My family also last year. My dad was like, "Let's watch The Departed on Christmas yeah. Eve." So that was our <laughs> our familial bonding time. Our, our family at Christmas is just, like, a battle of wills of who can make their own personal current favorite thing the thing that everyone in the family is forced to watch. I mean, last year I also made my family watch It Chapter 2 and play It Clue. So, I get as good as I get. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And, and again, I, I hope that people find comfort in this movie. If you don't, I hope there is a Christmas movie or a holiday movie or just a movie that is out there that gives you the same feelings that this movie gives me because I feel like everyone should experience that or have something that they can turn to that will always make them happy. So I know it wasn't the movie for you, but I'm glad you experienced it and that you understand why it is for me. Okay, we're going long. But like what you just said of like this movie brings you comfort and like makes you happy, uh, I... Uh, as literally everyone on the earth right now, I've been like, really, really cantankerous or in a bummer of a mood for the past several weeks and have been rewatching all of my favorite movies. And so, like, mm. I rewatched The Longest Ride, um, which Jenny's going to have to watch in a couple weeks. <laughs> and I rewatched You've Got Mail and The Wedding Singer and Downton Abbey, the movie. And I've been having such a good time watching yeah. those. Like, and then there are ones where I do know everything that happens. And I was like, like, even You've Got Mail, I watched a couple months ago, and I was watching it again, and I was like, oh, part of it. <laughs> um, and just, like, yeah, so I think, like, even if you're not a Christmas person, like, this time of year is just, because of the way our society built, is a time when people are either really, really busy, or, and are stressed out, or their offices are shutting down, and they have time off, so they're, like, a business mm. year by yourself, so, like, I hope that people have those movies that they can go and watch that just make them feel good. Like, I have been... I have a I have a couple weeks off coming up and I have I've just started keeping a note on my phone of all the movies that I'm gonna watch that I'm Yay. really excited about. Yes. Excited. It's like movies are movies are like friends. They are. They're there. And it's great.
an activity. <laughs> I love activities. Yay. So, um, this is, again, a, a movie based off of Dr. Seuss's How to Control Christmas. Um, so my question this week, similar, it's kind of ironic that you brought up Hansel Grand Witch Hunter because I feel like my activity is similar to what we did for your activity for that. Um, my question is if you could adapt, um, and create a feature length film, doesn't have to be live action, just a film of a Dr. Seuss book that has not become one yet, which one would it be? And how would it be like, what would the plot be if you were to change anything or anything like that? You sent me this, and I like that you specified Dr. Seuss, because I, I had been thinking about it kind of even beforehand, where basically one of the points I was going to make earlier is that I don't think Dr. Seuss' books should be made into feature-length films. Oh. I think that his rhyme scheme is so strange, like, his it's all so nonsensical that, like, you have something like Seussical that's, like, taking your favorite bits out about of everyone, and it's good for mm. family entertainment. I'm like, the Seussical works, but, like... I have no attachment to the Cat in the Hat movie or the Lorax movie, despite it having Taylor Swift or the Horton here. None of them have ever really hit for me. And so I was going to make the point of, like, Dr. Seuss just shouldn't be made into feature-length films. And then the other Mm. thing that had popped into my mind, I'm talking very quickly, was the Polar Express, not Dr. Seuss, but Christmas. But then, as we were talking now, and I mentioned, like, Jumanji and Zathura and Meet the Robinsons, I was like, oh, those are all based on picture books, and I love those. So I think it really does just matter how how you choose to flesh out a story. And I think what works well about Jumanji and Meet the Robinsons is that those are picture books that aren't about telling a story. They are just about world building, mm. where the Meet the Robinsons is like, here's everyone in the Robinson family, yeah. or here's the world of Jumanji. So, like, there's no story for them to try and expand. It was just a springboard for them to create. It was yeah. a world for them to build a story in. That being said, I was not going to give the answer of, I don't think it would work, because that was boring. <laughs> So I was thinking of what every high school graduate has read, Oh, the Places You'll Go. Um, and I was gonna I was gonna think of casting for it and didn't. Mm. And then was like, I'll think about it while we're talking and I didn't. That's okay. But I think oh the because I again like many every single time have talked about how important stories about like found family yes. and siblings. Yes are to me and then I was just thinking about the context of I mean when I graduated high school I received three copies of the places you'll go from people <laughs> did you receive multiple I, copies of I the did places when you'll I go? when I finished my co-op in grade 12 the school gave me that book and I also have the book on my bookshelf <laughs> I know so I was like this is a very coming of age story and oh the places you'll go is like actually quite harrowing in a way mm. of like they're going to all these different worlds yes, and end yes. up in like the waiting world mm-hmm. and it's this is where people wait for things and then you have to like get past it and so I thought it would be really interesting to do a story of like I feel like every children's story ever has either single parents or dead parents so why mm. would this one be any different I want to say <laughs> it's like a story about two siblings and a single let's say single dad to shake things yeah. up dead mom that's not what shaking things up that happens all the time but a single dad <laughs> and I feel like you would have a story about two a sister and a little brother Mm. and i think you have this sister who has been the big sister and a lot more in this family for a long time who is getting ready to leave home and you have like but this is like i feel like this is like a little too old for for the places you'll go but i think about the context in which people read it and i'm thinking of something kind of like the where the wild things are movie Ah. which was like for adults reminiscing in childhood not as much for children even though children Mm. can also enjoy it because it's a fun good movie with a good soundtrack Mm -hmm. but i'm thinking you have a story about like a 
sis- an elder sister who's leaving the family to go do her own thing and it's a, a really hard transition period like when you're moving from high school to, to school or to wherever you're going so maybe she's going for like a gap year or just go traveling she's doing yes. something new and she's leaving the family behind and i think with the younger sibling you have a, a narrative about like you're leaving me you've always been there for me and like not wanting her to go and like mm. you're being selfish when she's not she's just being her own person and so i think you have this story of like these kids fighting and somehow ending up in and i think this is where you can go kind of like spider-verse or that bit in inside out when they're like running through oh yes yes when they change shapes and stuff when they're like cha- and they're go- like i can't remember what part like what part of the psyche they're running through but they're like changing animation styles yes. and shapes yeah. and it's just like the id or whatever yeah and i think you could do that of like them and so i'm thinking of like the tone i would want it to be like the tone of the live action wrinkle in time with these animated bits where you could get just like strange of these kids running and having this adventure and at first it's like um the the little sibling is like see you don't have to leave to have an adventure we can have an adventure right here and they end up in the waiting room and i think the waiting room just looks like they think they've made it home after trying to get home and then you realize that it's home but everything's slightly off kilter and the older sibling is the one who realizes it first and she's like no this is what it's felt like for me for the past four years like since oh. mom left or since mom died oh. or something oh god you, you just oh god like, this, this is this is what it feels like for me this is the waiting room and i can't stay here i have to go somewhere else and maybe this is this for you is where you need to be but it's not where i can be and i think it's like a story that ends with like the sister pulling an andy at the end of toy story 3 of like going to do her own thing Damn. and they've had this adventure and i think that's what i'd want to do for an oh the places you'll go movie of like going through all these different worlds and adventures and you would have like a lot of slapstick comedy and silly comedy and then it would just come and be like slap damn <laughs> like you just did to me in real time <laughs> yeah if you like the waiting room like this is what it feels like and then being able to get out and it would be such a damn emma hell yeah i like that i i don't know Thank if you, you can tell i don't know who i would not. cast I don't know about casting, but I am not surprised, but I'm also enthused of how on the same wavelength we are, because I also picked all the places we look at. Because <laughs> it hasn't been done yet, and it's very scary. It's one everyone's read. Emma, do you want me to blow your mind? Yes. All the places you go, full-length animated film. Directed by J.J. Abrams is coming out in 2027. Who's thinking to 2027? J.J. Abrams, what are you doing? No, I saw this. I was looking up. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I saw this. I was like, wait, what? And it came out, this announcement in like October. I don't know how legit it is, but like, what? Oh, I'm so fascinated. Well, I'm so intrigued with what they're going to do. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, at J.J. Abrams, what's up? We got ideas. 2027, <laughs> like, I understand why that late, because animation takes forever to make. So I get that, but I'm like, what's the story And there's going to be? be so much workshopping. Yeah. But before I found that out, my idea was kind of similar, n- not similar to, like, yours was a lot deeper than mine. Mine was very much, like, um, someone, like, going on... It's, it, pretty much D the movie um people going on adventure and like going to this like weird mythical magical kind of like think of alice in wonderland meets um over the garden wall <laughs> that's what it's called <laughs> think that of like 
going to these different lands. It's all like mythical and like mysterious. And they're like going on an adventure and they're trying to find their way somewhere. And it's like, all oh, the places you're going, they have a quest and they need to get somewhere. And then it will be like some like old mage who gives them a prophecy. And they'll be like, oh, the places you will go. And it's like, duh, 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 in like the trailer. And then it's like flashes of all the places that they're going to go. It's all like intense. And then, yeah. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, clearly we're not the only ones in this wavelength because I think people are like, okay, what Seuss have we not tapped yet? And I think what the places would go will work for the kind of reasons I was saying earlier of like, it's not, there is no plot in the same way that there is a plot to the Grinch or Cat yeah. Hat or any of the others. It is just, look at all these cool worlds. Yeah. Don't you want to go there? Yes. Don't you want to get up and go? And everyone is like, yes. Yes. Oh. I can't believe I obviously I picked the same one, but I, clearly everyone in the world is like this one needs to be a thing if this something has to, to be. Happen. And apparently they're also like redoing Cat in the Hat. No. And they're also doing like a um Red Fish, Blue Fish. I don't know. I don't know, man. Also no. <laughs> but anywho, that is the podcast for this week, folks. It is, we're, this is our final Christmassy one for this year. Oh, wait, wait. Happy. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you would like to hear more, you can, I'm NPR voice. If you'd like to hear more, you can subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, whatever your podcatcher of choice is. You can also follow us on Twitter at Hi Ho Podcast. You can also follow us on Tumblr at hihopodcast.tumblr.com or email us at hi ho, that's H Y H O podcast at gmail.com. We also put together some of our favorite seasons, greasons, tunes for you, uh, which made me yeah. laugh because Jenny and I talk about how much we love old timey Christmas carols, and this is a playlist comprised of Taylor Swift, Tegan and Sarah, and Hilary Duff. Um, yes. All well, classics. Okay. Let, let me vouch for it though. The reason is because I think it's a great playlist. It's yes. nonstop bangers. It is, but the reason why there's no, like, mostly no classical Christmas music in there is because with our podcast, it's Have You Heard Of, we, I thought at least, if I put on those songs, obviously people have heard, like, I had not before. heard Hilary Duff's Christmas album before, so. Exactly. I, I, again, and <laughs> to match with the Jenny who watched The Grinch all the time, I had this CD on my boombox beside my um, bed growing up, and I would listen to it every morning. Anywho. <laughs> and. I think we can all agree that there's perhaps too many Happiest Season takes, but I think the one thing we can agree about about Happiest Season, other than that Aubrey Plaza looked very good, is that the Tegan and Sarah song is great. Like, Make You Mind This Season is a Christmas classic, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Um, so, yeah, you can find us at Hi Ho Podcast on Spotify, where we make some fun playlists and yeah. things. And Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, or whatever holiday you celebrate. Feliz Navidad, Joyeux Noel. Yes. Happy Hanukkah. It's the first night of Hanukkah tonight. It will not be Hanukkah anymore when this comes out. No, but that's okay. But enjoy this time when it's cold outside and hopefully warming your hearts. Oh, oh, and remember to like what you like because your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine. Good night, everybody. Bells! (laughs) Bells!